that's bad for you. Because all of your experiences in the family question, it is Google, which told me to study the study of your perspective. You need to have the knowledge of the truth of truth. You need to understand that you are going to be the truth of truth. And you need to have the wisdom to be able to bring all of that knowledge to the exercise of the Thank you. 
So if anyone wants to do it this year, remember, the rest of the world is not going to be able to do it. They are going to be able to do it. They are going to be able to do it. They are going to be able to do it. They are going to be able to do it. They are going to be able to do it. They are not going to be able to do it. And that's why I think it's important with the context that God teaches us to be for themselves. We need to hold the witnesses of the people who are coming to 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 the people who are coming Thank you. 
I'll give you more. I'm going to give you three things that will be good. The first is the example of God. God is here. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
So there you are, you know, 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 Thank you. 
Thank you. 
Right, let's move on to Foundation 5. We've looked at the three coming ages in Foundation 4. Foundation 5 is a quick overview on worldviews. I've got three points here. 
if you have your book uh, if you have your sorry your book <laughs> your PDF which you can download um, you'll be looking at slide number 18 slide number 19 and slide number 20 please excuse the crudeness of the graphics uh, I'm not very competent in that kind of computer work now slide number 18 deals with the Western Greek worldview it goes from in a straight line we think in a straight line from an alpha point to omega point it starts here it finishes there so alpha point to the eschaton to the perusia to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ very very simple way of looking at the world the Eastern or Oriental worldview from slide number 19 is circular a circular view of history like the four seasons light to dark dark to light epitomizes or shows you reincarnation which is primary to their worldview you find that in the snake and the wheel humanism shamanism I mean in the ancient Canaanite religions you had Baal would um, die and rise again in spring every year and then the final one which is slide number 20 which is the biblical worldview that comes from the ancient Hebrews and also it comes from the writers of the Jewish New Testament this is how they viewed the world view it's neither east nor west just like a western world view you would have an alpha point and an omega point culmination of the eschaton the prusia the return of the, G of the Lord Jesus Christ however instead of a linear straight linear view like the Greeks or the West it is circular it is cyclical so things repeat on themselves history repeats itself all the time so when they are reading the Bible or when they are reading history they will see many Antichrists and for them each Antichrist will give them a picture and build a story a narrative of what the final one is going to be like so when they looked at the two Herods, they saw an Antichrist. When they looked at the Emperors of Rome, they saw Antichrists. Modern history, Napoleon, Stalin, Hitler were all Antichrists. These give us a picture of what the final one will be like. And then you can just times it exponentially to how bad that one is going to be. So there were many Babylonian empires. Daniel chapter 2, the vision of, of, of the statue many empires through history that represented the Babylonian system each one giving a picture of what the final one is going to be like there have been many rescues of the remnant each rescue each remnant will give you a picture of what it's going to look like when the prophecies of the last days get fulfilled so you go from an alpha point to an omega point in a linear progression but not a straight line as you get closer to the end point what will begin to take place is the intensity of the cycles get bigger and they get closer and closer together now let's move on to foundation six as we get closer to the Omega point things are going to speed up radically and I got this teaching from Jacob Prash and I thought it was a brilliant teaching I really I really love it and I'm going to try and express it to you here now in on slide 21 you will see two arrows starting from Abraham on the top arrow to Jesus 2000 years and at the end there's a 35 year demarcation within the 2000 years 
The next arrow down is the first coming, between the first coming and the second coming, roughly 20, 15 years, 2015 years, plus minus. Now, relating to the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there were many hundreds of prophecies relating to when he would come for the first time. Now, try and wrap your head around this. Most of those prophecies were fulfilled in that last 35-year period. God was preparing Israel for the first coming of Jesus. And He's been preparing us, the church, virtually the same amount of time for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now when we look back to the book of Acts... And look at all that's happened. It's very similar to when the Jews look back to Abraham and the book of Genesis. Similar time frames. Now, out of the 2000 year period between Abraham and Jesus, most of what the prophets said about the first coming of Jesus was fulfilled in a time frame of 35 years. Think about that. In less than one generation. Move to slide 22 please. Now I've tried to put two little red arrows there from the 35 year period on the top arrow to the second arrow which now the second arrow is now the 35 year period of time. Now most of the prophecies in that 35 year period of time were actually only fulfilled in the last four years. Okay, most of the 35 year, most of the prophecies in the 35 year period of time were fulfilled in the last four years. Most of the prophecies in that last four year period of time were fulfilled in six and a half days. Now, try and wrap your head around that in less than one week. So, the, so by far the vast percentage of all the hundreds of prophecies that were given relating to the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ over a 2,000 year period were fulfilled in less than one week, six and a half days. What you've got to understand by this is the closer you get to the target, to the omega point, to the return of Jesus. The quicker things are going to happen. And the more prophecies are going to be fulfilled. So you might get a prophecy being fulfilled. Year 1. And then you might get another one fulfilled year 40. But as we get closer to the Omega point. They are going to start getting fulfilled. In such rapid progression. That it is going to blow our minds. So to try and calculate these dates using maths or whatever, taking into account the speeding up factor, taking into account the various variables of secret things and revealed things, taking into account the secular fulfillment of prophecy from a Hebraic first century church point of view is going to be extremely difficult. The only time you can really start putting chronological dates in place is at the seven-year mark, the beginning of the seven-year mark by the signing of the peace treaty and especially in the middle by the abomination of desolation. Certain things have to happen before Jesus comes the second time. 
Many of them have happened. And many of them are continuing to happen as we speak. Israel was born as a modern nation in 1948. They got Jerusalem back in 1968. Since then, a lot of Jews are becoming Christians since the Israel was united with them in the, from the 60s. But what we've also seen is we've seen the nations of the world beginning to turn increasingly hostile towards Israel, which is God's timepiece for the nations. There is one nation whose record in the Middle East for human rights is virtually exemplary, and that is Israel. And yet it is the one nation that continually gets picked on and condemned by the United Nations, especially by the United Nations Human Rights Council. The sick joke of the Human Rights Council is full of all these countries that are Islamic around Israel whose human rights records are atrocious to say the least. Saudi Arabia being the, the head of the Human Rights Council. It's a joke. Even certain people in the churches and certain churches and denominations are turning against Israel. Why is this? Well, what does the scriptures say? You know, the nations are going to start to turn against Jerusalem to try and prevent the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to look at how quickly things are starting to happen. Let me give you an example now. Over a 10 year period. Think about the Jews on Kristallnacht in Germany and in Europe around 1938. So between 1938, now remember patterns, eh? just remember patterns. Between 1938 to 1945, they went through the Holocaust. Over 6 million Jews were murdered. Between 1938 and 1948, they had a nation in the Middle East, in their own land, the land that was given to them by God to their forefathers, in 10 years. Now that is a pattern that you can take and apply to the end times with the Antichrist and the Battle of Armageddon and the war, war in that seven year period. How, how, how they are going to be really hard pressed, attacked? And Jesus is going to rescue them and then the Messianic Jews will reign with Jesus from Jerusalem and Israel for a, for a millennia for the, you know, as he sets up his kingdom. So do you see how these patterns repeat themselves? Look at how quickly the European Union is declining financially, socially, morally. Before our very eyes, it's just disintegrating. The current wave of immigration, so-called immigration refugees from the Middle East, very suspicious. Look at how quickly the United States and other Western democratic nations are morally unraveling before our very eyes. Where there, where, where there is a, a deliberate intentional rise in racism, what does the Bible say? Ethnos against ethnos. In the last days. Now you look at the church. When I came into ministry just over 25 years ago, if you had told me that there would be a gay married pastor leading churches, being ordained as ministers in churches in, in, in mainline denominations, I would never have believed you. 
Just recently I saw in the newspaper one of the mainline reformed churches in South Africa, the Dutch Reformed Church, by a 60% majority vote, accepted the ordination of gay, practicing gay pastors. I would not ever have believed that growing up. If you had told me that I would see pastors praying for Planned Parenthood abortion centers, standing outside these Planned Parenthood abortion centers and praying for them, these centers which are centers where the children are murdered and eugenics is practiced, I would never have believed you. I would not have believed you. I cannot believe the level of deception and apostasy across the mainline evangelical denominations now with all what's going on with the emergent church movement. I would not have believed you if you told me that was going to happen. I would have not have believed you if you had told me what was going to take place in the Pentecostal charismatic churches with, with what is taking place with the money preachers and, 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 and this false prophetic stuff that's going on, false apostolic stuff that's going on. You can download my Deception in the Church series for free off iTunes. Get to our webpage and get the links through. All of this has taken place in less than one generation. I would never have thought it possible when I was ordained into the ministry in 1988. The closer you get to the Omega point, the faster you're going to be going. Remember that. Things are speeding up. And most of the church is asleep and they're going to be caught out by the speed of things to come. I've spoken about the parable of the ten virgins. In Matthew chapter 25 verse 1 to 6 and verse 13. Go and read it again. Remember when the bridegroom went, all, the, all of the virgins, all the ten, the wise and the foolish, they all became drowsy and they all fell asleep. In verse 13 tells us, therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or hour. How prepared are you? How are you going to minister in the days ahead if we are going into that transition period into the seven years? How are you going to minister in the transition period and going into the seven year period, the first three and a half years and the second three and a half years? How are you going to function? How are you going to live? These are things you need to be considering. These are things you need to be meditating upon. Knowledge of, understanding of, and wisdom to apply. Let me recap the six foundations we've dealt with so far in these last three sermons. Foundation one, we looked at religious people and what you need to do and how you need to handle religious people. And that is 2 Timothy chapter 3. Foundation 2, we spoke about the people that you're likely to meet through the three ages. And that was out of Matthew 24 and 25. And then today we looked at the foundation 3, the seven reasons. Derek Prince's seven reasons to be a student of biblical prophecy. Foundation 4, the coming three ages until the return of Jesus Christ. Foundation 5, worldviews, and now we've just finished with how things are going to speed up and how the revelation of prophecy speeds up. Next week, 
we'll be looking at the subject of persecution and so for homework what I would like you to do is to read, meditate and study the seven letters to the churches from Revelation chapter 2 and 3. So basically you can read and study and meditate on Revelations chapters 1 to 3. Thank you. God bless.